Bridging the Gap with Love, episode 34, Exploring the Role of a Birth Mother. I'm Heidi Brower, a birth mom. And I'm Jessica Johns, an adoptive mom. And this is a podcast about adoption. As we share our own experiences and the stories of others, we hope to provide support for those in the adoption world and educate others on the joy and grief of adoption. Welcome back, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We are excited for our second episode of this month. We are leaving on Thursday. In like 48 hours, we will be in Florida. We'll be, well, nope, we'll be on an airplane in 48 (laughs) hours. Anyways, while you guys are listening to this on Thursday, we're going to be on our way to Florida to get on a cruise for my birthday. So we're really excited. We're just getting the things done we got to get done. I know. Take care of kids, get all that taken care of before we have to... No, before we get to leave. That's right. So, oh my gosh. It's going to be so fun. A cruise in January. Like, thank you for having a birthday in You're January. Like, Thanks, Tally and Kevin. That's right. <laughs> that worked out really well for me. Totally. Very helpful. <laughs> so fun. Um, sometimes birthdays right after Christmas aren't the funnest, yeah. but we're going to make it the the best of it. I know. Right? We're excited. So a uh, couple things. Reminder that we have our Facebook group now open. Right now it's small but mighty. We are. I'm excited for it to grow and for more people to join it. So a couple of different ways that um, you can get on there is you can look up on Facebook, Bridging the Gap with Love, then there's a dash, and it's a place for the whole adoption triad. Uh, so you can look that up. You could also message us, and we could probably find a way to invite you on there if it's something that you're wanting to do. And this is specifically for members of the adoption triad. So an adoptive parent, birth parent, or an adoptee. And we're really hoping it's just a community for us to all come together to learn and grow from each other. Um, There are some questions that you will need to answer and you will need to agree to the rules before we can accept you into the group. But once you're there, you're there. And we're going to have a couple of different fun things that we're going to start over the next little bit. And then anyways, I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. And then we also are going to start a thing where we get to do a, a podcast reviewer shout out. So I'm really excited about this. So today's review is from Sweet Pia 12346 and she says, "I'm a new listener and I'm in love. I'm also adopted and it makes me feel better listening and knowing that other people have gone through the same thing. Thank you guys so much for always being positive and loving." Thank you so much Sweet Pia. We love and appreciate these reviews that we get. Um, Make sure that you leave a review and we could be reading yours next week. So thank you so much again for for doing that. That really helps us out. All right. So today we're going to talk to and about birth mothers, um, which is what I am for those of you. If you are just joining us, I am a birth mom of almost 21 years. Wow. (laughs) Next month. Next month. It will be 21 years. And actually around my birthday is always kind of a tender time because the day before my 19th birthday is when I told my parents that I was pregnant. And I remember my 19th birthday being kind of the worst birthday of my whole life. I felt like I, um, no, I actually I told my parents the day after my 19th birthday, I was kind of dealing with a bunch of stuff before that was the worst birthday because I knew the next day I was Mm going to kind of really disappoint my parents. And, and I, it was an interesting, uh, time that was it was really hard um but we are where we are today and I love my parents and we have a really great relationship so today I wanted to talk a little bit about exploring the role of a birth mother I think that sometimes when um we kind of have this weird feeling of like what do what am I 
what am I to the child? What am I to the adoptive parents? What is my role? And it can, there are some harsh realities that come with it, uh, which are hard to work through. And there are other times that are really sweet. And And I think that it's a relationship that grows and evolves, which I'm really grateful for. And I think that in my case, it has grown and evolved over the last 21 years. So when you were like taking you back to when you were 19, how did your role, like, what did you consider your role to be at that time? Um, so at that time, I really felt like my role, I was the way that Alex came into this earth. And those of you that know my story know that our adoption was semi-open. Um, and so that means that I didn't really communicate much with them other than letters and pictures. And it was an instant communication, right? So I kind of really felt like I felt really good about my decision to place Alex for adoption. I knew that it was the right decision. And therefore, I felt like I was almost like the way that Alex was going to come to this earth to get to her parents. And so for a while, that was my role. And it was kind of just stepping back and allowing them to be her parents. And I got updates and letters and pictures and they would, um, I would write them and tell them about myself. It was almost like Part of my role was to help them learn more about me so that maybe someday they could teach Alex about me. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think this is like something really important for adoptive parents to consider for a moment. Um, like the role that you played at that time was to protect and carry and deliver a baby into this world. And you got to make the choice of where that baby would go. And not all birth parents have that same opportunity, like in the foster care world. But even if that was the only thing that you ever did and the only opportunity that you had to have an impact in Alex's life, that was a gift, like a huge gift, not only to a baby, but to a couple and to a family. And um, I, I know that I've had opportunities to express to Jessica and Daniel, like Danielle, like there are other choices available to birth parents. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just think it's, it's just important to pause and take a moment to think about the protection and the sacrifice and the safeguarding that you did as a mother, um, for Alex and the gift that you gave to parents to, to become parents. Like that was enough right there. Like that in and of itself is, is such a gift of sacrifice and love and protection for, for a baby. Yeah. I, I think that that's a really beautiful way to put it because I think that sometimes we forget that carrying them for those nine months, that that was important and that meant something, right? Like, I think that we almost sometimes think that like, well, their life started the day that they were born, but really they were inside, like she was inside of me and I would feel her kick. And I remember like trying to push her feet away from my ribs and, um, and realizing that that was my role at that time was to care for her and make sure that she was okay. And until the time that my role changed, right? right? Like our roles change. Our roles changes now as mothers, right? Like I don't have toddlers anymore. So my kids don't need me constantly, but they need me in a different way. And I think that realizing that it's okay that my role is going to change with her and evolve. Um, so at the beginning, you know, my role was to let them be her parents and just kind of uh, take on the role as of, I kind of just hope that eventually I would have this role of getting to be her friend. But I knew that if I 
was okay with the role of taking a step back and allowing them to be her parents, that maybe somewhere down the road, I would be able to have more of a role in her life as far as being a friend or a part of, you know, this like larger family that we like to call it. That's right. I think that's really interesting. Do you feel like you had like really specific intentions or desires for that role that you kind of acted upon and asked to ask questions about to Alex's parents or like, or did that kind of grow and evolve like as you did too, as a person and in your own, in your own life? Yeah. So I think when I first placed her for adoption, I had this like desire, right? That maybe somewhere down the line in 21 years, because in Utah it was <laughs> 21, right. yeah. that when she was 21, she would want to know me. So I think that I kind of had to step back and be like, until then, my role is to just be really like an outsider person that gets to just hear about her life, but not be directly involved in her life. And then things started to change as far as like our communication got a little bit more quickly because we had email instead. And then when I got to see her when she was five, I remember her dad putting his arms around me and saying like, this is not the end. Like this is the beginning of growing our relationship. So then was a point when I was like, maybe my role is going to change a little bit more of being more like, like Alex called me her big friend, Heidi. Like Mm -hmm. maybe my role at that time was just going to be Alex's big friend, whatever that meant whenever her parents were going to allow it when they felt it was right for Alex. Right. Cause that's ultimately all of our goal is to make sure that the child involved is comfortable and okay with, you know, the growth of that relationship. And then as time went on, um, you know, I would ask to see them more and I would ask to be at certain important events. And there was a couple of times that I got no's and it's okay. I had to realize, okay, my role is still to, this is the boundary that they have set. They've said no, so I'm not going to keep pushing it. But I also didn't want to let an opportunity go for me to ask about a different event or a different time later on. And so I kind of felt like if if I asked and I got a no, it was okay. And I've said this before because I feel like if I was okay with a no now, it was a yes later. Mm-hmm. It would it would help evolve to a, a yes later. And that's, that's what happened. Um, later on when she was a teenager, my role was still to have a relationship with her from a distance, right? I didn't have her phone number. I didn't have social media, like we didn't share social media accounts. Um, And it was almost like this just friend role Mm. um, that when I was with her, she would ask questions, we would hang out, but it was nothing like I wasn't, didn't step in as this role as like a mom or even an aunt. It was like, that's not my role. And then later it became a lot more open to what it is now. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. I don't, I don't know, it kind of feels sort of taboo to talk about this, but there's a point in the adoption, like early on, for those of us that have been involved in like, you know, being selected by a birth parent before the child is born, where the birth parent is really in a position of they have the rights, they have Mm -hmm. the authority, and really they have the control. And where at that time as an adoptive couple, you feel at the mercy of the birth parents and the decisions that they get to make, which is exactly how it should be because they are the ones that created this life. They have parental rights. Like it's all exactly as Mm -hmm. it should be, but it's a very scary kind of uncertain, fragile place for an adoptive parent to be. But that doesn't last for very long in a lot of cases. Like it can maybe last a few months. It can Mm -hmm. last nine months. You know, it really lasted a couple of days. That's right. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Andrea really kind of lucked out there because that uncertainty is, it is really, it's really difficult to grapple with, but as an adoptive parent, it has an end. Like, you know, three weeks after the girls were born, 
their custody was transferred to me and Jared and, and things really shifted at that point. There's like kind of a power and control yeah. shift. And um, where all of a sudden now that child is in our care and we get to decide how we want to um, raise this baby and how other people interact with this baby. Yeah. And that really lasts for 18 years or 21 right. years at that time when you placed. Um, and now like you're, you've moved on to this phase of like, it's in Alex's court. Yeah. So it kind of shifts like these, these um, opportunities where we have to make choices in these relationships. But I think it's really like interesting to think about like, how did you deal with that uncertainty of realizing that like you could ask for something and that may not be um, what happened? Like you didn't necessarily have that control in her life. Like did that, did you feel helpless or concerned or how did you deal with that? Yeah, I think like one no specifically that I'm thinking about and I'm not going to get into details, um, but there was one no specifically that stung. And I was like, why wouldn't they want to see me again when years before they told me that this was going to be a continual relationship, right? And I think that sometimes it's okay because I'm human. I just felt disappointed, mm-hmm. right? I, I felt that. I was disappointed. I was sad. I Then I started wondering, is it me? Like, what's happening in my mind? Um, did I do something wrong? I think that's a lot of mm-hmm. things that we all do, and especially birth moms. You know, if you get told no... Um, and I, I was disappointed, but ultimately I had to be confident in the decision that I had made to allow Alex's parents to be her parents and to make that decision. Right. Because of that, it she's now their child. Right. And so I had to be okay with it. And I was eventually. And then come to find out years later, they told me why they had to say no at that time. And I had a better understanding. But I think if I would have fought back at that time and would have said, well, this isn't fair. You haven't let me see her. I wasn't feeling all of those. But if sure. I had, I think they would have put their wall up a little bit more and would have been like, well, we, I don't even know if we can say yes, because then what if we say yes this time and no next time? Like, is she going to be okay with it? So I had to really, I had to be so future focused of what I really wanted my ultimate role to be in Alex's life and be okay with the occasional no's to help build this relationship of trust and understanding so that I could get to the point where we are now. Yeah. Wow. These relationships are really complex and there's lots of different emotions that you feel at different times. And I think like having that future focus for you has like allowed for the evolution of this relationship and your patience and humility and, and really confidence and trust in Alex's parents like has allowed like these beautiful relationships to grow and evolve over time, but it really does take a lot of patience, which is is hard to yeah. wait sometimes when you want something so bad. And like as adoptive parents, like we can relate to that. So I think it's yeah. important for us to be like sympathetic and even empathetic towards each other because we've all in different ways experienced those feelings of like uncertainty or like wanting something so bad and not being able to make it happen of yourself and being mm-hmm. reliant on somebody else. And so, I don't know, I think it's really helpful to talk about that and to realize like, hey, we, we're not as different as we think we are. Like, how right. can we help each other through this? Right. Um, so I think that's really beautiful. How do you see your role for Alex, like moving into the future? Um, so <laughs> I remember one time Alex told me that she just thinks of me as like a really cool aunt. And I was <laughs> like, that's the best compliment. Because like, who doesn't want a really cool aunt? I mean, I know that you're my- the best. <laughs> right. It's the best. 
So I kind of think of my role as Alex's friend ultimately, and then somebody that she can go to if she needs something, like a mentor almost. I like that. And then, you know, maybe a fun aunt because I feel like we're all family. That's right. Um, there was this this one experience. I don't think I've shared this on the podcast, but when Alex was here, we went to the St. Louis Arch together. Right. And Alex and I both kind of thought like, what do people like think we are, right? And so we got into this, if you've ever been the St. Louis Arch, you know, there's, you get in these little teeny tiny pods to go up into the arch. And we were, got paired with one woman and she was kind of like listening to our conversation and around us a little bit. And then I remember asking Alex what size shoe she wears Mm -hmm. and she asked me what size I am. And then we get in this pod and I just had this thought, like, I should just ask this woman who she thinks we are. Because honestly, me and Alex and Andrea, we all love sharing our story. Yes. Even if it's strangers in a pod inside the St. Louis Arch. I know. Right? I get <laughs> so, it. Um, I asked this woman, I said, what, what do you think our relationship is? And she goes, well, I was going to say that you were mother and daughter, but I thought that that kind of, you would, should probably know what your size shoe your daughter wears. <laughs> and I laughed. We laughed. And we kind of like really quickly explained that biologically, yes, I am her mother, but I did. I was not the mother that raised her, and that her mm. name is Andrea. And but we get to have this relationship and and build from it. And she was like, "That is so cool." And it was really fun for us both to like be okay with where we are right now and mm. have this relationship. And like I said, ultimately a friendship. Like I love that girl. Like I I don't know how to explain what my role is because I think that sometimes people have a hard time with um with trying to not offend me by saying things like if she is my daughter, if she isn't or whatever, like it's kind of this like convoluted, like this, what's the right words to say. And to me, she's just my Alex. Like Mm. she's Andrea's Alex and she's my Alex in a different way than Mm. she is Andrea's. But yet we both get to kind of claim her, which is beautiful. Right. I I love that so much. I think it's something that, um, I don't know, is, is helpful to have an open conversation about. I remember when, I don't know, it's probably been several years, but on, on social media, um, Danielle talked about um, her girls, her twins. And I remember like pausing for a moment and being like, okay, am I okay with that? And then I was like, yeah, I am. Like, those are her girls. Those are her twins. And they're also my girls mm-hmm. and my twins. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of been cool, too, because Jessica, like, has four sons. And so it's been really natural for her to to talk about Bradley as one of her sons. And I also get to claim him, obviously, as, as my son. And is there a problem in that, that we both, as mothers, get to claim these kids? Like, how awesome for our children that they get claimed by multiple families, by multiple yeah. moms, by parents that want to love them and encourage them and be a cheerleader for them. And so it doesn't have to be like, you know, yours or mine. Like we get to be, you know, we get to share. Yeah. And I think that it's, this is kind of a situation where Andrea is going through the same thing, right? Of like, like what is her role as mother? Yeah. And because we had this experience at Bear Lake where we were talking about something, Andrea and I were talking about something. And Andrea said, well, um, you know, I can talk to her about X, Y, and Z because I'm her mom. And then she like paused for a second and she was like, I'm sorry, is that weird? And I go, no, like (laughs) I chose you as her mom. So I think it's interesting that Andrea still 
Yep. Where we are right now, we were on a vacation together, but she still was trying to be careful of my feelings as far as like calling herself Alex's mom. And I've had to reassure her like, no, 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 you are her mom. And she'll say things on social media, like my girl. And I'm like, absolutely. She's your girl. Like that's exactly who I want you to be for her. And how happy does that make me that I chose such an incredible mother for her. Mm. And I get to kind of one of my roles is to sit back and just watch them have this beautiful relationship. It's a mother daughter relationship. So obviously there's, it's hard, right? Yeah. But they get to have this thing that I so desperately wanted for Alex and Mm. and I get to see it right before my very eyes. And I think that that's part of the fun part of my role is I get to watch and just be so grateful for what Andrea has done to, to raise Alex to the amazing human that she is. Yeah. That's really beautiful that that perspective of kind of watching and observing and and seeing the choice that you made years ago like come to fruition and that's got to be really gratifying like you you made the right choice yeah yeah absolutely i i think that a lot of times when i'm when i watch her or when i see her when i get to hear that she's a new manager at the salon that she's at like yeah all of that is like really um it's just really like like you said it's very gratifying and i I feel like sometimes, just to kind of wrap this up, I feel like sometimes birth moms feel like their role is not important Mm. or that they just place their baby in the arms of somebody else to raise. And now they're almost lost because I feel like you still have this mother's intuition. Like you still have this love and there's a piece of you out there Mm -hmm. somewhere else. And so sometimes you can feel empty or you can feel not complete because your child is not with you. And I think that if we go back to what you were saying, Jessica, about if we honor ourselves and realize that, no, we gave this child life, Mm -hmm. that when things are hard and we feel like we aren't important anymore, that we can try and just sit in that and give that airtime and think, I gave this child life and, and look at how amazing they are doing or look at all of the fun little things that I gave them and their personality or they look like me, but they, you know, I just feel like we need to remember to honor ourselves as the role of their birth mother. And we were their first mother. That's right. And, and be okay with that. Because sometimes that might be the only thing at that point in time that we can hold on to. Yeah. And that makes me sad that there would be birth mothers out there. And I know that they are, where they're the only people that are honoring themselves, that they may not have like, adoptive parents on the other side who who are sharing that love and honor and admiration with them. But ultimately, like we see you, we honor you. And also the reason why all of us here do this is because of a child, because of a baby. And that gift that you gave to that child um, will live on forever. And so even if you don't have somebody on the other side, like giving you that praise or that reassurance that you made the right decision, that you did the right thing, that you loved and sacrificed and that that was a worthy offering and a worthy gift, you know, I think we can, we can give that to ourselves and, um, and maybe we can give that to you here. Yeah. Yep. I just want to end with just all of those birth moms out there. I, I see you and I honor you and I know your heart. And I know that maybe even if it wasn't completely 100% your decision, I know the pain that you have felt um, as you look at your child from a distance and hope and pray that they want to also know you and remember you. 
And so just know that I see you and a birth mother's love is absolutely real and it's painful, but it's also beautiful. And I hope that someday your role can also um, grow and evolve to be able to have a beautiful relationship with your child. Thanks for that, Heidi. I think that was really important to hear a birth mother's heart. Thanks for joining us today, guys. If you have any questions or specific topics you would like us to address in these segments for adoptive parents and birth parents and navigating open adoption, we'd love to hear from you and um, address anything that is troubling or that we can help you with. Our email address is bridgingthegapwithlove22 at gmail.com. 